they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. I say welcome to the Bible with the Barbers, and I want to I've mentioned that to my engineer, my wife is trying to call in, so let's get that taken care of, Mr. Engineer. And uh, I want to welcome all of you because this is a special edition. Yes, we're going to do the Bible with the barbers for the readings of the Mass, but we have a special edition. We we want to welcome you into our living room because this is where this show began, talking about the end times and the coronavirus and Father Dwight Longdecker's article and what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says and what the Bible says. And we said, wait a minute, let's have our show about this. Mary Danielle, are you with us? I'm with you. Oh, good, because they just told me that was you're having a little problem. I'm glad you're here. Mary Danielle, guess what I want to say on public radio? I love you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you do. Yeah, well, thank you. I want to bring you on because we're talking about a topic that a lot of people have been saying for a while, and it seems like you get a lot of, uh, every time something happens in the world, people think, oh, it's the end times. Oh, it's got to be. And of course, well, for most of us, the end time will be at our death. That's been pretty much the case for 2,000 years where people die and then they meet Jesus. But uh, we're going to get into that. But before we do that, Mary Danielle, uh, I was going to read the, well, you know what? You read the gospel and um, and then let's get an exegesis, which is an explanation of the good news of John chapter 10, for those who are listening, open your Bible to John chapter 10, verse 22 to 30. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The feast of the dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus walked about in the temple area in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Let's break that one up. Go ahead. Break it down. All right. Well, the Feast of the Dedication was actually, that's Hanukkah. Yeah, eight days. It commemorates Uh the um, rededication of the temple at the time of Judas Maccabeus after, during the Maccabean Revolution, when they they threw the Seleucid king out and and rededicated the temple because the temple had been defiled. Mm -hmm. So that was the feast that was going on. And it was the Feast of Lights, the Hanukkah, yet yeah, lasts for eight days. Mm-hmm. That's the wonderful thing about um, 
being a completed Jew is we Catholics get to celebrate <laughs> our feast for eight days. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Because this was God's intention. It's, you know, there are certain things. God is working to save the world all the time. He's working to save us at every moment mm-hmm. and bring us back to himself ever since Adam and Eve sinned. And so when we celebrate the mysteries of redemption, he wants us to take the time to really celebrate and let the truths of these mysteries sink in mm-hmm. so that they change us, that the grace of God will sink in and change our lives. Yes. And that's what happens when we meditate on these things. So the, the, they observe these feasts, these major feasts, the Jews observed them for eight days. And that was because God had instructed them right. to continue so that, so that it would sink in and become a part of their life. And, and they could understand where they came from and where they're going. So Jesus walked about in the temple area, and, and it's uh, so ironic, you know, the Jews. <laughs> there were constantly, especially in the Gospel of John, you have this tremendous tension between the leaders of the Jews and Jesus. He, he portrays it more strongly than any of the other evangelists. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that John was making things up. It's just that John, is, is John, when he wrote his Gospel, since all the other three Gospels had been published and he was aware of them, and this we have from the evidence of the fathers of the church. John didn't want to repeat anything unnecessarily. Right. And what he wanted to warn people, you see, the Jewish leaders set themselves against Jesus. Jesus had shown them all kinds of signs. You know, when, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, he had told them <laughs> by the way that he lived, by the works that he did, even by certain things that he said, like when the rich young man came and said, Lord, what must I do to be perfect? And he said, keep the commandments. Well, which commandments? Which commandments? Well, Jesus only gave them the seven commandments that pertain to your neighbor. Right. He didn't give the first three commandments. And the young man said, well, I've kept all these. What, Mm -hmm. What is lacking? Right. And Jesus, every, a priest once pointed out in a sermon, every Every Jewish boy who had done his bar mitzvah would have raised their hand and said, you forgot the other tablet. You didn't say anything about the first three commandments. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and mind and soul. Right. And Jesus doesn't say that. He says, go and sell what you have. Give the money to the poor and come follow me. To every Jew in that audience, he was clearly claiming divinity for himself. He was saying if that young man would go and sell what he had and give the money to the poor and come and follow him, he was fulfilling the first three commandments. Beautiful. And repeatedly, mm-hmm. Jesus would work a sign. The Jews would say, well, give us a sign. <laughs> they do this right after he does the multiplication of the loaves right. in John 6. Mm-hmm. Well, what sign are you going to do? Well, I just fed 5,000 people with, you know, five loaves and two fish. Um, right. What more do you want? <laughs> you know? That's it. So, so there's, but there's this hardness of heart on the part of the Jews. So he's not going to, and he, I mean, he didn't, the woman at the well, mm-hmm. the blind man, you know, there's certain people he declares, he declares himself the Messiah to certain people. Right. But they are people whose hearts are not hardened. And, and John is warning any of us and all of us, your hearts can become hardened. You can be like the leaders of the Jews who set themselves against Jesus because you don't like what he's preaching. Right. You want to hear a different gospel. You don't want to hear that you're going to have to suffer. You don't want to hear that life is still going to be hard, even though I've come and changed everything in human history because I have redeemed the meaning of human suffering 
I'm not taking it away. Right. I'm filling it with my presence. You don't want to hear that you're going to have to struggle and keep the commandments. Yep. Yes, keep the commandments. Jesus never exempted us from keeping the commandments. As a matter of fact, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He practically equates obedience to the commandments mm-hmm. with love. Mm-hmm. And so then Jesus goes on to say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. So do we recognize the voice of the shepherd? And if we're having trouble recognizing it, get down on our knees and beg God for the grace. It's hard. We're going to hear contrary voices. Yep. We have a body. Our body's going to cry out for you know, all, every faculty of our body cries out for its own favorite food, regardless of the good of the whole. You know, my taste buds just want to eat ice cream sundaes all day. <laughs> of course. You know, well, my heart and, and my liver and my, you know, and my brain are saying, no, this is not good. This hurts, you know, I'm like, but it tastes so good. Yep. You know, well, no. And, and so we have to learn how to discipline the body and bring it under control. So the sheep hear his voice. If we're not hearing his voice, let's get down on our knees and ask him, Lord, open my ears that I may hear. Because what are you offering me, Lord? Eternal life. Exactly. Eternal life. And, and Jesus says no one will take his sheep out of his hands because the Father has given them to him, and no one can take things out of the Father's hand. And when he says the Father is greater than all, he's not saying that he, as God, is not equal to the Father. He's saying his manhood, which is a creature, that the humanity that he took to himself, mm-hmm. it's created. It's less than God. Right. But it's been united to the Godhead. As son of God, what is the closing line of this gospel? I love it. The Father and I are, are one. Yep. And we can go back to John 1, 1, and also to John 5, 18. Where he, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, it's a, it's a declaration of the Trinity. Sure. The Father and He are one in substance, but not in person. Mm, good distinction. They're distinct in person. That's right. And so and He claims divinity for Himself, union with the Father. Right. So we have this beautiful, He is the Good Shepherd. This comes out of the Good Shepherd, you know, chapter of the, of the gospel, where he, he is the shepherd. He's not only the shepherd, he's the gate of the sheepfold. We can only go in and out through him. And it's only if you go in and out through him that it's legitimate. So Christ is the way. And he, we are his sheep. And I remember one time somebody said that, that I don't like being called a sheep. <laughs> and if you're ever taking care of sheep, yeah, they're dumb, they're smelly. They're uh, hard to train. Right. Uh, it's, I don't know, does that sound like us? I hear you. Mary, we got the music coming on, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, folks, get your catechism out. We're going to be going to paragraph 675, 6, and 7 to talk about the end times, what the Catholic Church has to say about the end times. Also, bought your Bible for uh, Bible verses. And then tie this in to some people thinking that the COVID-19 Uh, Is it the end time because of this? Well, I think you're going to enjoy our answer because it's not our personal answer. It's the answer Bible gives regarding the end times and the church's teaching through the catechism of the Catholic Church. We'll be back 
with the Bible with the Barbers. Tell your friends to tune in. We'll be right back. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. According to St. John Paul II, being a Christian means saying yes to Jesus Christ. It consists in surrendering to the word of God and relying on it, but also endeavoring to know better and better the profound meaning of this word. May God grant that we always rely on his word, read it often, and put it into practice. We got Ernesto from Long Beach. You know, I just wanted to comment, you know, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And I kind of wanted to encourage people that are listening, maybe that are not donating, you know, because honestly, I got to be honest, I used to think you guys were a little too over the top, you know? (laughs) You know, yeah. That's right. If God gave us a lot, you know, and I'm, I have the blessing of listening to all this. I just want to call all the people, you know, I've got five kids, you know, and I don't make a lot of money and I'm still donating to you guys. God bless you, brother. You're amazing. We gotta, we have to do this. We have to do the extra. And it's not even the extra. People see it like it's extra. Kneeling for communion, saying your rosary, saying the divine mercy chaplet. It is not extra. It's what the church tells us to do. Amen. You're a good man, brother. 30 years old, 29 years old five kids and i thank you guys for everybody else man get on fire fight for the truth man i know what i'm telling you guys i love it buying or selling your home or your business property this is terry barber real estate for life underwrites the terry and jesse show And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment... Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I'm glad you're coming into our home, even with this COVID-19, through a computer, right? And we're talking about the end times now, and whether the question is, is this with this COVID-19, is this an apocalyptic in times now, or what does the Catholic Church have to say with the Bible and, and also the catechism of the Catholic Church regarding, uh, you know, these issues. And Mary, I asked people to go ahead and uh, get their Bibles out and their catechisms. Do you want to start first with a little introduction and then go to the catechism or the Bible? It's up to you, my my wife. We'll start here with the catechism, paragraph 675. And I I want to remind everyone, Mm -hmm. again, it is the Church who is the authentic interpreter of Scripture. Right. And if you want a good interpretation of Scripture... Read the Catechism, and then look at the footnotes. And so if you want to know what a particular passage in the Scripture refers to or how the Church sees it, you might go through the the Catechism. And for instance, right here, 
um, in talking about the end times and the church's ultimate trial. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. Well, where do you get that in the scripture? Luke 18, 8, Matthew 24, 12. Take a look at those passages. Exactly. And then it goes on. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrim pilgrimage on earth. Persecution will accompany her pilgrimage on earth? Where do you get that in the mm, scripture? Mm, mm, mm. Luke twenty one twelve. Exactly. John fifteen, nineteen. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. And what happens is this persecution of the church unveils the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception. And here, here's your pay dirt here. Is everybody listening? Yep. Here's... Offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the faith. Mm. Well, can you repeat that one more time? Because that sure sounded like, what? That sounds mm, interesting. Go ahead, one more time. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity mm-hmm. in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from their faith. And this is paragraph 675 you're referring to, correct? That is correct. Mm-hmm. That is and, correct. and it even continues on, right? The supreme... Well, go ahead. The supreme Mary. religious deception is that of the Antichrist a pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies... Are we awake out there? Is anybody listening? Yeah, glorifies himself. himself. In place of God? Oh, gosh. Yeah, really? Messiah come in the flesh. Wow. If you don't believe Christ came in the flesh, if you don't think that's biblical, go look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 through 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, Mm -hmm. 2 and 3, 2 John 7, 1 John 2, 18, and verse 22. Wow. So we have this, this, and, and Jesus said that. He says, you know, persecution's going to come. You're going to have wars, rumors of wars, famines, plagues, but the end is not yet. And so in the world we're living in today, the question we have to ask ourselves, are we being asked to give up our faith? Well, it's an interesting question to me because Nobody said you have to give up your faith. You just have to give up your public worship of God. Mm-hmm. Well, if I give up my public worship of God, what's the next step? Oh, yeah, I leave. I'm done. Right, because we need, I mean, public worship of God, by the way, the church cannot, you know, they can, they can absolve us from our obligation to go to Mass on Sunday. Right. But they cannot absolve us from keeping the first commandment. That's right to worship the Lord our God and have no strange gods before him. No one can absolve us from that. And just to confirm, Cardinal Seurat said exactly the same thing in the first, or the Terry and Jesse show. We quoted that article from LifeSite News. So the prefix for the doctrine of liturgy says exactly that. We need to get the mass. We need to get, uh, you can't turn away people for confession. So continue, my love. I just wanted to throw that in. Right, and I, and I just want to you know, tell people, look, be respectful with your bishops and your exactly. priests, but respectfully and humbly beg them, yes. please make the sacraments available to us. Right. If we're all sitting back, like, I, you know, it's funny, when I was a child growing up, my mother used to tell us, she said, look, when the communists took over in Russia, do you think the churches were full? Mm-mm. 
No, they weren't. That's why they could come and take the priests and nobody knew it, and they could arrest them and close the churches. Right. Uh, now, there are areas where there were heroic people, but in, especially in Poland, they weren't able to close the churches because the churches were full. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, where our churches aren't full, but we could still, you know what, people? Jesus is there in the Blessed Sacrament, and even though you can't go inside the church, you could go in your car to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. You could even pray the rosary walking around the um, outside parameters of, the, church, of yeah. the property. Sure. You know, outside the church, walk around, pray. But ask the priests and ask our bishops and beg them, please, give us the sacraments. Essentially what's happened with this shutdown of the churches is, unfortunately, the bishops have, they haven't said this, but their actions say, oh, our public worship of God is not essential. Ouch. Ooh, if our public worship of God is not essential... How are we going to solve our problems? Right. Where are we looking for the solution to our problems? Oh, we'll just worship God privately in your homes. No, our religion is a public matter. That's right. We need to publicly worship God. So, the Antichrist, paragraph 676, the Antichrist's deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realize within human history that messianic hope, which can only be realized beyond history through the eschatological judgment. What is the church saying there? When you talk about eschatological, you're talking about the end times. Mm -hmm. We're talking about when this world will end, and yes, it will end. And for some people, it will end today. Jesus, please send your angels to help the dying. St. Joseph, please pray for the dying. Mm -hmm. But the eschatological refers to heaven. So when anyone promises us that we're going to find heaven on earth in terms of we're going to have everything's going to be peaceful and I'm going to have everything I want and everything I need and I'm not going to have any troubles or trials, that's a form of the Antichrist deception. Right. Our hope is in being in union with God in heaven. We weren't made to have a lasting city on this earth. We have here no lasting city. We are looking forward to union with God in heaven. And that begins by having union with God here on earth. So we need to live in union with God. Amen. Amen. So we're not looking for a finality here in this world. And the church absolutely rejects any form of this falsification. And, and Mary, so somehow... let me jump in yes. for a second because you're here. I'm hearing this and going, well, how does this relate to me, the listener, right now? And what it means is this: is let's not be so concerned about the body and forget the soul, because the body will break down. The soul lives forever, ever. And I'm going to say, at the general judgment, when there's no purgatory, you're either going to go to heaven or to hell for all eternity. So my point is. This short hundred years, maybe 70 for those who are strong, I'm almost there. And when it ends, I want to live a life centered on Christ and friendship and the state of grace because then I know where I'm going for all eternity. But again, the world, the devil, and the flesh try to persuade us to be more focusing on our creature comforts, whether it's the TV, whether it's the Internet. All these things are saying you need to be happy. You need to be comfortable. But you know what? 
That's a lie. And I'll tell you why it's a lie. Because life is short and eternity is forever. We can offer all of our actions every day to God. And then we have meritorious actions. But if we live just for ourselves, I pity the person because God's going to ask you, what did you do with the gifts that were given to you? So I think this Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 675, 676, and 677, point out what the church is going to be going through. But really, go you go through all that in your own life. And we just want to make sure that as, as our job here at Virgin Most Powerful is to introduce you to the person of Christ and his bride, the church, so you can fall deep in love with Jesus. Mary, I had to interject that because I'm thinking out loud going, wow, these catechism verses are profound. They are profound. And, and paragraph 677 talks about the reality that mm-hmm. the only way to enter the kingdom yes. is through the final Passover, where the church will follow her Lord in death and resurrection. Right. We are not, Jesus, as I said in the beginning, Jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering. He came to fill it with his presence. He redeemed the meaning of human suffering. Suffering we're going to have, trials we're going to have in this world. We are not looking to escape the trials of this world. Right. So if you think the present pandemic is the end of the world, (laughs) we've been through pandemics before. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of things that have to happen before the world ends. The Jews have to be converted. Uh, the gospel preached all over. Hey, Mary, let's use that as a teaser. Uh, the, what are the things that need to be done before the time of the second coming? Of the, uh, Wow, that's a good good question to ask. Hey, I want to thank, uh, at this time, Mary, all the folks uh, who have been supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Also, I want to mention Steve Ray, who's going to be on the Terry and Jesse show this Friday talking about the sacrament of confession on the 27th of June, we're going to have an all-day seminar with Steve Ray. What? Yes. No, we're not flying him out. It's going to be on the internet, and you'll know more about it. We've got a men's conference coming up in June, I think the 12th of June, with Jesse Romero. But all of this is going to be done through the internet, through our app at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So when we come back, Mary, let's talk about what needs to take place before that second coming, and also using Scripture and the Catechism to inform our listeners what the Church really teaches, because there's a lot of disinformation. And I hope to get to an article by Father Dwight Longnecker regarding the COVID-19, his question about, uh, is it the end times? Because he's got some good points to say about that also. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. If you want to become a monthly donor. The Bible with the Barbers. Yeah, Bible with the, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm all, I'm always thinking, thank you, Mary. The Bible with the Barbers. If you'd like to become a monthly donor, what do you get? Well, we send you all kinds of downloads of teachings on the faith. If you want to know your faith, Dr. Scott Hahn, Bishop Sheen, Dr. Michael Barber, Tim Staples, Father Don Calloway, we have all these good programs to teach you about the faith. What every Catholic needs to know about the Bible, what every Catholic needs to know about the Eucharist, the papacy, oh my gosh, and Mary, all these things we give because you're giving to us and we want to form you in a really orthodox way so that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you want to become a monthly donor, just call me at 661-972-7872. Don't forget, when we come back, tell your friends, call your friends. The Bible with the Barbers are going to talk about what characteristics have to be there for the second coming of Christ. Wow, that's a teaser and a half, huh? 
All right, we'll be back with Mary Danielle, who's got a master's in biblical studies from John Paul II, and your evangelist, Terry Barber. Don't turn that dial. Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code VMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.covenanteyes.com code VMPR live porn free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Are we having fun? I sure am. I love reading about the... Uh, the Bible, uh, reading that catechism, I learned so much, and I hope you're learning more about your Catholic faith. And thanks for taking the time to study your Catholic faith, because the benefits are out of this world. Mary, you were in the middle of telling us about things that need to happen before the second coming, like the conversion of Jews, and I said, no, wait a minute, that's a break time, let's take a break. Now that we're back, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about what the Church teaches on that. Well, in St. Paul's writings, he had he had he says that if the if the Jews' rejection of Christ had meant that the Gentiles were brought into the church, mm-hmm. then their acceptance of Christ will mean the the, the full coming of the kingdom. Mm. So before the end of the world, you will have the Antichrist, and after the Antichrist, you will have God Himself intervening because the evil will be so great. God will have to intervene, mm-hmm. and then. 
it will it will bring about the conver- the Jews will be brought back into the church, and that will bring about this establish. Now, the kingdom. When we say establishing the kingdom of God on earth, we're not talking about establishing a permanent earthly paradise right. where men are going to live forever. Right. No, we're talking about establishing the rule of Jesus Christ over every single human heart. Mm. That everyone will give their heart to our Lord, mm-hmm. and that there. And so, so this has to happen before the end. And to, I haven't seen that happen yet. No, and and what else needs to happen? What are the other characteristics? Well, it, 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 it's interesting because you know um, the church has been around for two thousand years. And right. In two thousand years, in the first thousand years of the church, the theology of the church had to hammer out and establish the relationship between the humanity and the divinity of Christ. Mm-hmm, that's right. And then the second thousand years of the church, the, the church kind of had to establish what was the position of the Holy Spirit in salvation history. And what's interesting is the end of that second um, millennium mm-hmm. brought about the, the Marian dogmas mm-hmm. of the Immaculate Conception in 1850 and then the Assumption of Mary in 1950, I believe. Right. Okay, so then we haven't really, the church hasn't really fleshed out the Father. There's been a lot more talk about that now in the, the late 20th century and in, in the mm-hmm. beginning of the 21st century. But who was that human being who mirrored the Father on earth? St. Joseph. Got it. Well, if it took a thousand years of church history to hammer out the first two, um, and this is, this is just kind of my take on it, but I've heard yeah. others say this. I didn't think this up myself. Right. We, it's going to take a thousand years. So there's, there's a lot of work still to be done. Of course. In terms of understanding salvation history and what God has done. There's a lot we still don't understand. Right. Mary, let me jump in. Uh, yeah, 150 years of St. Joseph. Father Don Calloway's book is a good one to get on that. But 677 paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, that the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. And then he says the kingdom will be fulfilled then, not by historic triumph of the church through a progressive um, ascendancy, ascendancy, right, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. Man, that's a paragraph if I ever read one. Mary, what about this idea where it says the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through a final Passover? The final Passover, that we will, the suffering is going to be there. The church is going to have to go through a mm-hmm. crucifixion. Just like Jesus. It's going to, it's going to have to appear that the church has been totally defeated. Wow. I mean, what was the Passover? I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ died on the cross. And they thought, that's he it, he, he, he's dead. No, that was the, that, that just started it, didn't it? <laughs> right, that was the triumph, and that's. That's what we have to understand in our individual Christian lives, too. Got it. It's that death to ourselves. Mm, it is actually our triumph. It's the death when we die to the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm. When we give ourselves totally to Christ, that's our triumph. 
it's a real death. It's a real struggle, but that's our triumph. And that's what we want to look for. It's not, it's not this gradual, um, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, Darwinism. Uh, oh, when, when evolutionists? An evolution? evolution. It's not a gradual yeah. evolution where the church becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. No. It's a constant struggle of going, you know, of following our Lord. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, when the, when the final battle comes, yes. the final, it will be God himself who wow. intervenes. Wow. Wow. That, that doesn't mean we don't need his intervention now. Right. Because... We need, and we need to pray, but we need to do our work. We need to pray and ask the, ask the, the bishops and the priests to please open up the churches. To, you know, that this, our public worship of God is absolutely essential. Yes. And, and we need to, you know, we're not asking, and here, I guess this is what Father Longdecker was, was yeah, referring to in his article. Sure. You know, so many people are, they're thinking, oh, well, the three days of darkness is going to come, right. or it's the end of the world, or, yeah, he, um, you know. Yeah, he, Mary. He grew up. Yeah, he grew up yeah. in that kind of environment as a Protestant, where you know the, right. they would be preaching the Book of Daniel, Revolution, Revelation, in one hand, and clutch a newspaper clipping in the other. They'd be reading the signs of the times, and it was always bad and bad, getting worse. And we're living at the end times. Well, the Catholic Church, you know, he said at his church was the Whore of Babylon, so they just hit this so hard that he kind of went like, well, I don't think so. But, you know, Mary, I want to also, if, if we were able to, you mentioned Father Lundecker's, uh article. It's called COVID-19 uh, Apocalyptic Now. Do we want to ask, a, I mean, do we want to kind of cover some of this um, questions about private apparition stuff, like Our Lady of Fatima, talking about, uh, you know, what would happen if man continues to sin, uh, and then make the distinction between uh, private ap- private revelation and versus what the church's you know teachings and how how Fatima really is a reaffirmation of the gospel. So that's why you know the church has approved these the, the apparitions that are approved. It's because they're biblically based and also confirm what the church has always taught about. Um, revelation. So, would we can we talk a little bit about what Father did in the article? Yes, and, and Father goes through and, and he talks first of all. He talks about his growing up, which you mentioned. Yes, and um, you know the Rapture Trap is is a book by Paul. Um, thing. Yeah, he's a good man. Big pen. Yeah, big and 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 it 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 helps you to understand what you know the, the mentality that Father grew up with. But the reality is, is we do have you know in the church we understand. There was a public revelation. It's called the sacred deposit of faith. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Word of God, the Son of God, became man, and he lived among us. Right. And he gave us the truth. He he is the truth, and he revealed to us the truth. And so Scripture... Um, the sacred tradition of the church with a capital T, right, capital T, and and the magisterial teachings of the church. This is the sacred deposit of faith. Now, private revelation does not add anything to that. The no. sacred deposit of faith ended at the death of the last. That's what I wanted that to would say. Have been the death that's, of Saint John. That's right. The evangelist. Old age. The last apostle to die in <laughs> old right. age. Yeah. Good old, you know, John. He he suffered his martyrdom at the foot of the cross, and they boiled him in oil, and he just didn't die. So they exiled him. And, um, but, but the deal is, the, the private revelation is a reaffirmation of the gospel, if it's authentic. Right. It's a reaffirmation of the gospel. And unfortunately, what happens sometimes in private revelation is Our Lady will give a secret, 
And then people go off on a tangent and they get focused on the secret, but they forget the message. Right. What is the message that Our Lady gave at Fatima? Repent. And believe in the God. Stop really. offending God. Exactly. Stop sinning. Yes, it's a gospel message. God. Yes. Pray. Um, yeah, it's all there. And of course, the angel came for a year before Our Lady came and taught mm. the children how to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, mm. taught the children how to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, the essence of Fatima is this prayer for sinners, the conversion of sinners. Pray for the conversion of sinners. Pray for the conversion of sinners. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the essence of it. But we don't need to get caught up in a, in a trap of saying, oh, but the third message of Fatima hasn't been revealed, and so we don't know the message of Fatima. No, that's not true. We know the message of Fatima. Pray the rosary every single day. And what is that rosary? But a meditation on the life of Christ, right. on, the, on the gospel, on the salvific works that God has accomplished in time. And when we meditate on Christ, when we look at him, we become like him that we may both imitate what these mysteries contain and obtain what they promise. Mm-hmm. So that we will imitate Christ and obtain the salvation he's promised us. And yeah, it's okay to ask him to give us the salvation. Mm-hmm. So you know, be careful when we follow, you know, when you believe a private revelation, number one, make sure it's approved by the church. Right. And when the church approves it, when she says it's worthy of belief, that means that she believes that it is truly supernatural and and she's speaking authoritatively. So it doesn't add to the gospel, but it's, it's saying, people wake up. We forgot something about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the gay, the gay 90s, that was the 1890s. What was it? People were turning to worldly things to find their happiness. Right. And then you had, you know, World War I and the horrors of World War I. And so what was the response of the world? The roaring 20s. Where, again, we just step it up a little. Women's, women started wearing less clothing. They started, you know, the, the new styles that didn't, mm-hmm. were more revealing. And, and then and you, went, you turned to entertainments and dances. And wait a minute, was that the proper response? Our Lady had warned us. In, during, at the end of World War I, she had told the children of Fatima, pray the rosary every day for world peace, because if you don't, there's going to be another war. And Matt, jump in real quick. Our Lady also said more souls are going to hell because sins of the flesh back in 1917. And I have to say this, that there are more people watching uh, pornography than there were existing in 1917. So we know we need to pray hard. Our Lady said souls are going to hell also because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices for them. When we come back... Mary Danielle and I will be talking more about this article from Father Dwight Longnecker. It's called COVID-19, Apocalyptic Now. We'll be back with more on the Terry, no, on the, on the Bible with the Barbers. I'm confused. We'll be right back. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we come to understand. According to St. Augustine, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. May God grant us a strong living faith in Him and His divine plan of salvation and help us to believe 
so that we may understand. Tummy. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions, but what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key word pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. As Matthew said, if you have a question regarding the end times... Give us a call at 888-526-2151. And I hope this is giving you new insight on what we're talking about in regards to uh, this article right now, the COVID-19 Apocalyptic Now by Father Dwight Longnecker. And he has some interesting things to say about private revelation, which are Lady of Fatima's messages. And Mary Danielle, you just kind of covered how our ladies and these private apparitions that have been approved by the church are really just reaffirmations of the gospel. He has some more things to say in that article. Um, Father Mary Danielle, what else does he have to say? Well, he talks about privacy, prophecy. And, you know, Fatima, Our Lady, gave some prophecies. And he sure. said these prophecies should be taken seriously. But remember that prophecy, he reminds us, prophecy is not some form of Catholic fortune-telling. Right. Prophecy actually is speaking for God. A prophet is one who is a mouthpiece of God, mm-hmm. and he, he's speaking for God, right. and he's um, trying to give us God's word and bring us back to God. Mm-hmm. And so the point of the prophecy is to reveal the truth of God's humanity and to wake us up when we become deafened by sin. Yeah. Mary, let me, let me just what jump in for a minute. Uh, Mary, let me jump in about what you just said, because we've all lived in terrible times. History t- says all kinds. World War II, you mentioned, other times in, of history. And, you know, God permits a lot of evil that goes on in the world, just like now he's permitting things. But his permissive will, I find in history, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it shows how God can bring good out of evil. 
So all these things are going on. We can't have this attitude as woe is me. Look at I'm living through this time. It's horrible with the COVID-19. But I think uh, the point of it is having an attitude of gratitude where we can still have our faith in Jesus Christ and live holy lives in spite of terrible things that are going on in our culture. And, I, and I'm just asking this question because Father Longdecker says, you know, you have some hyper-Catholicism that are just where they just say, oh, this has got to be God, you know, closing. It's closing time. We, we, This is it. Everybody get ready for, you know, the end of the world's coming. And that's just not been the case. And I don't believe it is the case now. And Father makes that point. Right. And the, and the, the reality is, yes, God, God is a good father. Mm-hmm. You know, a good father, when his children are doing wrong, a good father doesn't just allow his children to follow, you know, to continue on their path of destruction. Right. right. He will warn them. The story of Dad's brownies. Do you remember that one? Tell us that one. That's a good one. I like that story. The, 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 kids and the kids came to their dad, and they're like, Dad, all our friends get to see this movie, and everybody in the neighborhood is seeing this movie, and everybody at school is saying, why can't we go see this movie? And he said, you know what, honey? Listen, kids, tomorrow night we'll have a family meeting, okay? And we'll talk about that movie. All right. So the next night they all get together, and, and he says, okay, kids, do you see those brownies on the, on the table there? Here's the deal. I used only organic butter, only organic sugar, only organic flour, only organic eggs, the absolute best ingredients, the most perfect ingredients. And there's just one catch. Before anybody grabs a brownie, Mm -hmm. I just went out in the backyard and I just put a little bit of dog poop in the mix. (laughs) Just a little bit. Oops. So any of you who are willing to eat one of those brownies, you can go see the movie. Uh, you get the point? Yeah. You get the point? Mm-hmm. And that, that's it. The, God is He's telling us. Remember what Father says here, a world deafened by sin. So we've been deafened and blinded, I might add, right. by sin, and God's trying to restore our sight and our hearing so that we can hear the gospel and come back to Him. And so... God is the one who holds the future in his hands. And Father Father's very, very strong on We need to trust in the Lord. Are we trusting in the Lord? Are we looking to the World Health Organization, even to our own president and our senators and representatives and our Center for Disease Control? Or, you know, who are we looking to save us? And, right. and what is salvation really about? Are we looking to God to help us and are we acknowledging, you know, we have sinned. And we've allowed ourselves to become pretty lukewarm in the practice of our faith. Yeah. You, got, you got a good point there. So Father Longdecker's um, point is that we shouldn't overreact and say we're living in the end times just because of a, of a virus. Or And Mary, let's just take a couple minutes to talk about this virus. You and I have talked about it, you know, at breakfast, at dinners. Uh, why don't you give us our give us your take about uh, the give us that story about the doctor who was able to help all those folks in the rest home and all the employees? You know, there's some some beautiful stories of heroism. And yeah. down in Galveston, Texas, yeah. there was a rest home where um, this doctor, I believe his name is Armstrong, and Doctor Armstrong is in charge of this rest home. Fifty-six patients were infected by COVID. Now, the COVID didn't come to existence through the patients. They were the healthcare workers are shared between the rest homes. Mm-hmm. So apparently, one of the healthcare workers came to work sick, 
And so in addition to the 56 patients who were infected, 31 of the healthcare workers who worked in the rest home were infected. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Armstrong didn't wring his hands and say, oh my gosh, 15% of these patients are going to die because they all have premorbidity and they're old and what can we do? And, oh, I don't have enough respirators and I don't have enough masks. He said, no. What works in treating my patients? Well, he had already used um, the, the quinine. Uh, um, I can't think of the proper name, but the same thing they used to treat malaria. Right. And then he had used zinc to treat his patients, and he had used z what's called a Z-Pax, azithromycin. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and some other doctors in New York had used these three, three things in connection with COVID-19 and had tremendous success with their patients. So he did. He started treating his patients with this. And they, they very carefully monitored him. Anybody who got sick, they started treating him. He lost one. Wow. And they were elderly in population, people. Wow. In a population, you have 56 elderly people who all have premorbidity, mm-hmm. who, would have, who should have, 15% of them should have died. He lost one. Wow. One out of 56 is about, is about 2%. That's right. And so there is an answer to this. We don't have to wait for a vaccine. We need to use what we have. And this is what President Trump has been trying to tell people. Mm -hmm. Use what we have. Doctors have already done it. It's helped a lot of people. A lot of people are getting better. People who should have died or were thought to be dying. People who were dying who had been given no other option were given these drugs and they got better. So we already have a way to cure the disease. But the question is, the, the, the deal the deal for me with this whole COVID thing is not so much as the disease. COVID-19, I, we've done some research, and mm-hmm. essentially what the immunologists are saying is COVID-19 is just another form of coronavirus. Now, I'm not saying that those who lost family members to coronavirus aren't hurting. No, well, they should be hurting. But a lot of things are being done dishonestly in connection with this particular strain. of. But what's most disturbing to me is that we have allowed the public worship of God to be taken away from us, and we're just sitting back like this is the new normal. Mm. It's like, really? We're going to not worship God publicly, and this is the new normal? Mm. How can we just sit back and say, yeah, that's okay. You can take away our public worship of God. Don't open our churches until May 15th. Don't open our churches till whenever. By the way, in Germany, they've opened the churches. That's right. And they're allowing public worship. We need to push back. We need to push back and say, no, we need, our public worship of God is absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. God is absolutely essential. We can't solve the problems of this world. Right. You know why? Because the biggest problem in this world is sin. Yep. And you know what? There wouldn't be disease and there wouldn't be death if man hadn't sinned. There you go. So let's give up our sins and turn back to God. But we need to beg our bishops and our priests to open up our churches. And no, it's it's not the end times. We got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. We're not, by the way, as a priest, very good priest friend of ours would say, we're not getting out of it that easy. Many <laughs> of us are that. waiting for the three days of darkness so that God will come and wipe out all the bad guys. And as Father said, well, honey, if God comes and wipes out all the bad guys, who's going to be left? Mm-hmm. We're all sinners. We're all in this together. We're all bad guys. We've That's all right. sinned. That's right. And so we have to stop waiting for God to come and wipe out the bad guys, because if he does, uh-oh, 
I might find myself in a very hot place. You got it. Mary, I want to encourage our listeners to follow us on Facebook and YouTube and uh, to promote the Bible with the Barbers. We actually have all these shows on a podcast so people can hear these shows anytime, 24-7. You can share it with your friends. If someone says to you, hey, I don't know, I wanted to go to a Bible study, but all the Bible studies are closed. Well, we got one every week here with the Bible with the Barbers. Mary Danielle, I want to ask the final thought, and that is for our, our listener, what what action items should we be taking to prepare for meeting Jesus Christ? Most likely at our death will be the second coming for us, but what what suggestions would you give to live a life of grace? Go ahead. Well, first of all, the, the prayer that St. Joan of Arc taught, Lord, she said this at her trial this when they beautiful. asked her if she was yep. in the state of grace. Yep. She said, if I am not in the state of grace, may God put me in the state of grace. And if I am in the state of grace, may he keep me there. Yeah. So pray daily to be in the state of grace. Pray daily for the grace of final perseverance. Make Eucharistic adoration. And if you can't find a church that's open, go outside the church Get the Fatima prayers that the angel taught the children at Fatima and, and pray those in reparation to Jesus for the outrages, sacrileges, and the differences by which he's offended. Pray the rosary every day. Assist at Mass online. But in the meantime, let's ask our bishops and priests to open up our churches again and start making Mass available to us so that we can actually assist at Mass personally, physically. And... and you know what? Start reading the truth. Mm-hmm. Meditate on the Gospels. Meditate on the Word of God. Um, listen to Bishop Athanasius Snyder's talks mm-hmm. uh, on, online. Right. And do spiritual reading. Read the saints. And again, look at what, what did Jesus do? If you read the Gospel of John, chapter 12, starting at verse 27, when he's greatly distressed and he says, what am I to say? Father, save me from this hour. He's talking about the death that he's going to die. You know, and, and what am I to say? Father, save me from this hour? No, we want the strength and courage. We need to pray for the strength and courage to go through this hour with Jesus in union with Jesus. Well said, Mary Danielle. Bible with the Barbers. I hear the music. Uh, gosh, that week went by fast. Next week, we'll have another show for you on the Bible with the Barbers. This will be podcast. You can share it with your friends and family. I want to thank you for all the new shows that are coming on next this month, the Divine Mercy show and also and the Spiritual Warfare show with Father Ripperger is coming up in a couple of weeks. So we've got new shows. I want to thanks again, thank you again for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family. And those paragraph the paragraphs of the Catechism were number 675, 676, 677. May God richly bless you and your family. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. 
for thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.